0: Today on Watching Your Wealth, we'll look at where the presidential candidates stand on taxes and what it means for you. From the top of the ballot to your bottom line, this is Watching Your Wealth, an election special from The Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome to Watching Your Wealth's presidential election series on Veronica Dagger. Carol Kroc is Managing Director of Wealth and Philanthropic Planning at Wilmington Trust Company. Welcome, Carol. Thank you so much, Veronica. Carol, great to have you. So before we go into the candidates' tax proposals, we should first say these proposals are aspirational, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. I sometimes call them a campaign wish list. The president can't enact tax proposals, so whoever's elected is going to have to work with a new Congress, and the composition of that Congress, which is going to be determined on Election Day, is going to determine what's realistic for the president to propose in and hope to get enacted.
0: Absolutely. So a lot of unknowns. Also, for our purposes here, we're going to focus on ordinary income and deduction proposals just for the sake of time. Uh, Folks, if they want more information, you can probably check out the candidates' website to get more detail. Um, So first, let's look at ordinary income. We now have seven tax brackets with a top rate of 39.6 percent. What is Clinton proposing on this? Uh, Clinton
1: is proposing the same seven tax brackets. I'll just say as an aside, as we talk through both the Clinton and the Trump proposals, for anybody who's been watching President Obama's proposals for the past few years, they'll look pretty uh, familiar. Mm -hmm. For anybody who's been looking at Republican tax reform, Donald Trump's will look pretty familiar.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So she's similar um, in terms of what Obama has done or is thinking about. Clinton proposes the same
1: current tax brackets with the highest tax rate of 39.6%, which is the number that, of course, is of interest to higher net worth individuals, higher earners. But she's also proposing a 4% surtax on adjusted gross income over $5 million. So that would be an additional amount.
0: So what, what do you see, think that impact, if that did happen, of that 4% surtax on AGI would have?
1: Well... It means people are going to lose a little bit more of their adjusted gross income. Mm-hmm. So in effect, instead of having a 39.6% rate on income over 5000000 million, you're going to have a 43.6% rate. Um, so it's an additional cost
0: to taxpayers. A little uh, less in your pocket at the end of the day. Um, what about Trump? What is he proposing?
1: Trump proposed an initially three tax brackets with a top rate of 25 percent. In the last month, he's moved that top rate up to 33 Mm percent.
0: Now, if he wants to lower that top tax rate to 33 percent from what we have now, that uh, 39.6 percent, where is he going to make up that tax revenue? Has he said anything about that?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing he said is he moved it from twenty five to thirty three because the revenue numbers were so hard, mm, not so working. difficult mm-hmm. that uh, I think it was something like nine million. I'm sorry, trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. That he did shift that.
0: Mhm. Um so that is a shift to make up for, for that deficit. In terms of further guidance though, he hasn't really said too much, right? No,
1: I think there's been a suggestion and there still would be a deficit with the 33% rate. I think there's been a suggestion that he may be able to change some of that revenue line through deductions, but he hasn't put out specifics on that.
0: Got it. Uh, any sort of takeaways, you know, sort of top line for investors based on either of these proposals? Well, you
1: know, I wish that we could give people more definitive guidance this early in the race. Um, I've adopted a term that is used a lot in the medical field, which is watchful waiting. Mm. Because right now, it's hard to say. I think that it's realistic to think that if one of these candidates gets elected, and of course one of them will, Mm -hmm. and if it is with a Congress that follows along with their thinking – you might see some increased tax rates if it's Clinton. You might see some decreased if it's Trump. But I think the key to it all is really in the Congress. And so it's hard to say right now which is going to happen or if either is going to happen.
0: Indeed. Let's look at deductions. This is often a hairy topic. Right now, if you're married, for AGI of over roughly $311,000, itemized deductions and personal exemptions phase out. What is Clinton proposing in this area?
1: What Clinton is proposing is to add a cap on the benefit that taxpayers derive from deductions except for charitable deductions. Mm, And that cap is to reduce the value of the deduction to a taxpayer who earns more than 28 percent just to 28 percent.
0: Got you. So if that deductions get capped, um, what should folks do before that happens, if that is possible? Should they um, give more to charity or accelerate um, some of their um, deductions? Or,
1: Well, I think you've hit exactly on the point. If you know it's going to happen and you don't know that now, right. then you can take advantage. If Particularly, I bring up charitable because a lot of deductions you don't have a choice on you're going to pay your state income tax that you owe for that year, and you're going to be able to deduct it. But with charitable, if you got to year end and you really thought that this was a likely possibility, you might get more deductions, take more deductions this year, say I'll pay a little more in for charity this year and do less next year. Mm -hmm. I think the reality is most of this tax change, if it happens at all, Mm -hmm. And we have seen that when Congress doesn't have at least 60 votes in the Senate that are all aligned, Mm -hmm. that very little happens. But if it happens at all, it's much more likely to happen in 2017. So I think people are going to have the luxury to think about this. But that's definitely how you approach a change in an unfavorable change in deductions is to accelerate them to a time that's more favorable.
0: And what about prepaying any bills? Is that possible? Would that help at all with any of that?
1: Same notion. If you've got state and local property taxes that you can prepay and it seems to make sense to prepay, you can certainly do that. I think you just have to, again, putting on that watchful waiting mode, watch what's going on because you may end up just with more cash flow this year. You can end up losing some of your deductions because you get subject to the phase out And if they don't change the law, you haven't really gained anything. Indeed, Frustrating for taxpayers.
0: Oh yeah, a lot of unknowns. What is Trump proposing when it comes to the deductions?
1: He does plan to create some limits on itemized deductions.
0: So we'll be watching the debate, see if there's uh, any further detail from him on that. Really quickly, where does Gary Johnson fall in all these issues?
1: You know, he falls in a very different approach. What he would do is eliminate the income tax and the estate tax and instead have a consumption tax that he refers to as the fair tax. So it's similar to or maybe identical to a value-added tax. He hasn't provided a lot of specifics. He says it would be revenue neutral, and that means that the rate will depend on how the numbers play out. Yeah.
0: So it seems like in all this it's a lot of watchful waiting because we don't know what's going to happen. But say you know, come January 1st or even before that when all the election results are in, should we be taking action then, or should we still wait? Well,
1: I think the first question is going to be to look at that Congress. Mm-hmm. Is If you get to November 9th and you've got a Congress that looks squarely able to act, because, in fact, it's got more than that magic 60 votes, so you're not facing filibusters, you're not facing so-called cloture motions. If you've got a Congress that looks likely to be able to act that is aligned with the president, Uh, so both parties, and I don't think that's very likely, then you might really want to roll up your sleeves. Otherwise, I think you may want to still engage in a little bit of watchful waiting.
0: Great tips. Thanks for joining us, Carol.
1: Great to be with you.
0: Thanks again to Wilmington Trust Carol Kroc for joining us. This has been Watching Your Wealth, the production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com podcasts Thanks for listening. Next time on the Watching Your Wealth election special, what will a Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton presidency mean for estate planning? Join Veronica Dagger all this week for a special election edition of Watching Your Wealth.